strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson filling in. Thanks for being here with us. And, uh, boy, lots going on here in Arizona. Our election uh, contests are still out there. Uh, we have two lawsuits pending. One uh, is Abe Hamaday. We're going to talk about his more at 10 o'clock. Uh, Hamaday's lawsuit uh, w- w- was subject to motions to dismiss that were heard by the court earlier this week. The uh, judge yesterday issued his decision. Um, he dismissed one of the five counts, but the other four remain. And they mostly deal with... Um, his request to review uh, ballots that were not counted, provisional ballots that were not counted for reasons that, you know, according to the county, uh, were lawful and done according to the election manual. Uh, the court's going to allow Hamaday uh, to to inspect some ballots uh, and to, I guess, see if some of their if some of them should have been counted. Uh, and then there will be a trial in his case on Friday. And we're going to talk about more coming up at 10. Uh, but this morning, uh, and just getting started, is uh, Carrie Lake's lawsuit uh, against Mayor Copa County and the Secretary of State's office. Uh, her lawsuit had uh, 10 counts. Uh, the court dismissed eight of the 10 counts. So 80% of the lawsuit is gone. Only two counts remain, and those are the counts that are subject to this trial today. So the only evidence the judge is going to hear uh, is based on those remaining two counts. The first of those two counts uh, uh, deals with uh, deals with the chain of custody. Uh, Carrie Lake claims, and I will tell you that this is basically her claim is, is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Carrie Lake claims that the chain of custody for the mail-in ballots uh, was was broken and that the vendor used by the county to scan mail-in ballot envelopes so that the signatures are scanned in and can signature verification can occur, uh, that that vendor added thousands and thousands of ballots to the count so that the ballots were brought to the vendor for scanning. And while the ballots were there, uh, according to her, there was no chain of custody. There were no people watching it from the county uh, and, and election observers and that the election vendor used that opportunity to uh to plant, I guess, <laughs> thousands and thousands of additional ballots, uh, presumably for Katie Hobbs. Um, why they didn't also include votes for Superintendent of Public Instruction uh, Kathy Hoffman, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> why why they still let uh, Kimberly Yee win the Treasury race, I don't know. Uh, but uh, we're going to find out. But here, that's that's the one dealing with uh, dealing with the chain of custody. Uh, the other one uh, it deals with the printer issues that we dealt with on Election Day. The printer issues. Uh, printed out ballots for, as people arrived at the vote centers, uh, and some of those ballots that were printed were not read well by the mini tabulators that were at the vote centers themselves. Uh, the claim is uh, that the county intentionally caused that to happen, that the county uh, intentionally messed with the printers to cause the, I mean, it's, it's a whole chain of things have to occur here uh, to get to where we were, but that they messed with the printers so that they so that the ballots couldn't be read by the many tabulators, but yet could be read by the main tabulator at the election center uh, and would be counted later, um, and did all this in an effort uh, to keep Carrie Lake from being governor. But again, uh, not the other races down ballot where Republicans did win. Uh, Republican congressmen won. Uh, in fact, there are more Republican congressmen from Arizona now than there are Democrats. That's a major change uh, from uh, just a year ago. Uh, Republicans kept the legislature. They kept the House. I mean, this is uh, it's interesting. According to Carrie Lake, all of this happened, but it only hurt her election, nobody else's election. So um, the court in both these cases, the court has made clear. Uh, that the standard, what she, the bar she has to uh, uh, find, and this is not the judge setting the standard; it's a legal standard. She has to prove to this court 
in this two-day trial uh, that that not only did these things happen, but that they were intentionally done, that the county intentionally uh, violated uh, the the chain of custody and that the county uh, intentionally caused the printer issue to happen. And it was a plan. And in both cases, that that work actually changed the outcome of the governor's election. That's what has to be proven. I don't know how you prove that, to be frank with you, uh, but that's what's going on right now. So that trial just getting started. Um, and I will tell you that there are, in, as in every trial, there are what are called motions in limine. Uh, those are things that the defendant filed here to limit some of the evidence uh, that the court will hear from plaintiff. These are things that would not be relevant or have other reasons that legally they wouldn't be coming. It's not to suppress evidence. It's to say, Judge, this is evidence that has no business being a part of this trial. And the other thing the defendants filed are motions to exclude uh, the plaintiff's experts. Uh, Carrie Lake has a couple of, and I'm putting my little quote fingers up, has a couple of experts uh, on some of these issues. Uh, and you file a motion to exclude experts or to ban uh, these experts as not being admissible if they don't really have uh, expert credentials, if they're not studied in the science of whatever it is they're going to testify about. You can't just bring in somebody who says they're an expert and let them testify as an expert witness. An expert witness has to have a level of expertise and education and experience to offer expert testimony on that particular topic. So I have not reviewed those motions yet, uh, but those were filed. Uh, Carrie Lake's people filed responses. Uh, we'll see what the judge does with that, uh, but they're getting started today. So there's two lawyers for Carrie Lake. Uh, there's a lawyer there for Governor-elect Hobbs uh, in her capacity as Governor-elect uh, as a participant in this election. Uh, there's a, a separate set of attorneys who are representing Secretary of State Hobbs, uh, Katie Hobbs in her capacity as Secretary of State. And then uh, Tom Liddy and a, a bunch of lawyers from Maricopa County Attorney's Office are representing Maricopa County. So that, that lawsuit is getting, getting started now. We'll continue to bring you updated on, updates on that. Um, but I will say that this is kind of the put up or shut up time uh, for Kerry Lake. And I, I said this yesterday on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at Barry Markson One, where I talk about this, uh, these election things and politics quite a bit and law things on, on a, at Barry Markson One. Um, but I said this yesterday, the people who are conspiracy mongers, people who are conspiracy theorists, who constantly have another conspiracy that they put forth about why something happened that they don't like, it must be a conspiracy, they never have to prove it, right? I mean, as soon as you start to give them evidence that their conspiracy is not true, they move on to the next conspiracy. They just stop, right? I mean, I've had conversations with family and friends, and they'll start saying something, and I'm like, well, that's not true. Here's the evidence that it's not true. And then they don't go, oh, yeah, you're right. They move on to another question. They ask you something else. They move on to the next conspiracy. I think we've all been experiencing that over the last few years. Well, this is the first time uh, I, <laughs> that that we're going to try to basically what Kerry Lake's case is, is to prove a conspiracy theory in a court of law uh, using using courtroom procedure and, and evidentiary requirements that are that are subject that there it'll be subjected to in court. So we're literally bringing conspiracy theories into the courtroom and Kerry Lake has to prove them. Um, my guess is she won't be able to do that. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting. And when she and if, in fact, she can't prove the, that these conspiracy theories occur, that the evidence doesn't support the conspiracy theory, um, will she then say, OK, we, we lost fair and square that I'm going to abide and respect the court's the decision in this case? Uh, or will she continue uh, to do things to rile up people who uh, unfortunately believe when their leaders and people that they look up to say things, they believe them? Um, it's, it's unfortunate for Arizona and it's hurting people.
Uh, we'll talk later about some of the rhetoric Carrie Lake is using and how it's uh, causing threats uh, and potential for violence against actual people, uh, including Republicans here in Arizona. We'll talk about that next. Uh, coming up, uh, I'm going to get into this. Uh, I just saw this study, which I thought was fascinating, especially around Christmas. Church going and the belief in God in the United States is at an all-time low. We'll tell you why next. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back, everybody. I love the good Christmas music. I'm Barry Marks, and thanks for being with us on KTAR. My goodness. Uh, coming up at 930, we're going to talk about, uh, right after the news, uh, the January 6th Commission. Uh, they made some references and recommendations to, uh, regarding Arizona politicians. We're going to talk about that uh, after the news at 930. But right now, I saw this recently, and it's, it, it's uh, I guess it somewhat surprised me, but it also didn't because it's been such an ongoing trend. Um that church going and church attendance and um, belief in God have all declined uh, over the last several years, including with the pandemic. Uh, it's a decades long trend away from organized worship, um, which is interesting. In person church attendance down forty five percent from before the pandemic, which I thought was was fascinating. I mean, that's a huge amount, um, and about twenty percent of Americans today embrace no religion at all. Um, Everything is uh, everything is just down right now. Uh, so it's it's interesting. The only thing that's up is main is uh, is is non-denominational Protestants. That's the only thing uh, that has seen a rise in attendance, um, it, which is, I think, some of those mega churches and things like that. But otherwise, uh, everything else is uh, down. Uh, people are, uh, they're not getting together as much, generally speaking. Uh, they're not going to church as much. Uh, they're do, doing stuff on their cell phones more. I don't know what the issue is, but church membership um uh, is down considerably, and people, Americans who belong to church, uh, that that fell below half uh, in 2020, the first time that ever happened. So uh, the church uh, church membership is is going down. It had held steady. Church membership, by the way, had held steady uh, at about 70% of the U.S. population from the 1940s through the 1990s, uh, and then after that, it just started to come down with the millennials and, and, and people then. And it's also interesting to me, because if you think about the large increase in population in the United States, much of it has been um, from Hispanic immigration that we've been getting. Uh, and I, a lot of Hispanics are religious people. So you would think that that would actually help to increase the number. Uh, but instead, we continue to see uh, it, it going down. Um, it's uh, it's really kind of fascinating as you're looking at this, and I'm, I'm, you know, you everybody will have their own opinion as to why this is, uh, why this is going down. But um, Christian nationalism is a big force right now. There's a lot of people on on a, on you know who are very strongly Christian and believe that the that we are a Christian nation and want to uh, pursue that. But the just the mainline Protestant uh, religions are are what they're saying is in quotes is collapsing. Uh, that the uh, decline in Christian denominations uh, is is also coupled with that rise in non-denominational churches. So apparently there's a change in the attitude towards religion by Americans. I don't know that we're less spiritual. That's that's what I guess what I'm getting at. I think Amer- Americans are very spiritual. I think they're looking for uh, they're looking for that connection with God in many ways. Uh, although atheism has also increased, but I, I wonder if they're if Americans are just turned off by religions uh, the, the religion itself. 
uh, or at least some of religions itself. I don't know if it's uh, the more you know religions that services are longer or more uh, more boring. I, I, I look. It's not like I go to a lot of uh, church, so I can't <laughs> I can't speak to a lot of this. But I will tell you that I know people who go to these non denominational Protestant churches, and they'll say it's it's that it's fun that they like going. It's exciting. There's a lot going on there, um, and maybe that's different than than the old style churches. And people are just more attracted to that. It may simply be nothing more than uh, what we're seeing in throughout society right now where people need constant stimulation, right? They need to be constantly entertained. Uh, there has to be something on TV or on radio or you're always, you know, you have head- headphones on, your earphone, earbuds are in. We're always listening to something else. We're always doing something else. And maybe that's the issue. It's it's almost the contrast of people don't want to watch a baseball game anymore. They, they really want to watch a basketball game. They want to watch the action uh, and see things moving around. But I thought that was interesting, not to bring everybody down during Christmas, uh, but the... Um, but the fact that uh, uh, churchgoers, church attendance, church membership, uh, and belief in God, everything uh, down uh, considerably over the last several years, and that's a that's an ongoing trend over the last several decades. So uh, kind of fascinating. Coming up, Jeff Munn's here. He's in the KTR News Center. He's going to give us an update on everything that's going on. And then when we get back, uh, January 6th, they issued their, their report is coming. They gave a, a, a 154-page executive summary. Holy moly. Uh, that's the summary. Um, but in there uh, is some information that might uh, be interesting to Arizona regarding some of our Arizona congressmen. Uh, Not in a good way. We'll talk about that next. I'm Barry Markson. In for Broomhead, it's KTAR. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Everybody, it's the Mike Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson filling in. Only a couple days left of Christmas music, man. You got to get it in. Uh, thanks for joining us. And um, uh, you know, with the January 6th committee issued. Uh, they had their final hearing the other day. They issued their their report is their big report is coming. I can't imagine how big this is going to be because the summary is 154 pages. Um, and, and we've heard about the the, re- the criminal referrals to the Justice Department for uh, for Trump. And uh, this is it's not a good day for Trump. But they mentioned other people as well. And, and at least one of them they mentioned. Well, two of them really are mentioned uh, are here from Arizona. Uh, and the worst is Andy Biggs. Uh, he's a congressman here in Arizona. He just won re-election, and uh, he's in a he's in a heavily Republican district. It's it's you know he basically is going to be there as long as he wants, I guess. But uh, I have to tell you, this is it's just such a bad look here. They they subpoenaed Biggs and other people because Biggs allegedly had some involvement in planning January sixth, and there are people who testified to that. Ali Alexander testified to that. Uh, he said it publicly as 
as well. Uh, Biggs participated in meetings at the White House with Trump and John Eastman and some of these other people who were uh, involved in this uh, attempt to keep Trump in office, even though he lost the election. There are numerous accounts of Andy Biggs calling Arizona politicians, uh, the governor and others, trying to get them to not certify the Arizona vote, even though there were no, there was no evidence of voter fraud or cheating or anything else in the 2020 election. Um, regardless of what your thinking is on that, Andy Biggs was subpoenaed by Congress. He's a congressman. There's legal merit to that. Uh, the committee took the, I think, very courteous and professional stance of not uh, referring their own colleagues uh, for uh, to the court for sanctions uh, to be found in contempt of Congress, which they did with several other people, including Steve Bannon, who was found guilty of that and will be sentenced uh, for that to, and spend some time in prison. Uh, they didn't do that with Andy Biggs and some of the other people who were subpoenaed, even, even though they, they failed to appear. Uh, but what they did do now is ask the House Ethics Committee... Uh, which, by the way, is uh, is a 50-50 split committee of Republicans and Democrats uh, all the time. Regardless of who controls the House uh, or who has the majority, the Ethics Committee is supposed to be, in essence, nonpartisan. And he's going to be investigated for this and, and hopefully some other things. But it's just a bad look. And, it, you know, I will say, it, you say what you want about Andy Biggs, uh, it, but as a as a, somebody who lives here in Arizona, and we have we have our share of embarrassing congressmen here, and he's he's certainly up there with them. But when you look at Congress, when when in the House everybody but five or six people vote for something, Andy Biggs is inevitably in the group that votes against it, and there's no basis for it. It's just he's against everything. It's not governing. It's just you're just a curmudgeonly old guy who likes complaining about everything, and. You know, I've asked his people in the past, what has he done? Show me show me the bills he's sponsored that have become law. Show me where he worked with anybody on the other side of the aisle to do something to govern, to make Arizona better, anything. And there's nothing there. Um, it, it's He's there for himself. He's there for his own attention, uh, which you're seeing now with Andy Biggs. He's running for Speaker of the House. He's never going to win, uh, never. Uh, but he loves the attention. He loves drawing it to himself. He's one of these guys who says he's never going to vote for Kevin McCarthy as Speaker. And that's his prerogative, uh, but he's the only one who who said, I will run against him. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. And he never answers for any of the odd things and the potentially illegal things that he, he's done while being in Congress, including what happened around January 6th uh, and the insurrection and the coup attempt to keep Trump in office, even though he lost the election. Uh, he doesn't do interviews with, with anyone here other than people in Arizona who, who ask him the questions he wants to be asked. Um, and I'll be frank with you, he didn't even submit himself for a debate. And if you're if you're one of the people who said uh, who was slamming on uh, Katie Hobbs for not debating, and I get that, I think she should have debated, and it, it, I think it was a mistake that she didn't. Although it seems to have worked out for her, she's the governor. Uh, why why aren't we saying the same thing about Andy Biggs? Why didn't Andy Biggs have to sit and debate the people running against him? Why didn't Andy Biggs have to answer questions about how he governs, how he serves as a representative of Arizona? Why was that permitted? And nobody said a thing. Republicans didn't say a thing. Democrats barely said a thing. Why was that okay? So here you have, again, Andy Biggs being accused of ethical violations. Um, I, I hope they actually investigated. I thought. I hope he's brought in and is forced to answer questions under oath. I, I know they handle it in-house, and it's, it's done in a very nice way for Congress. 
congressman, but uh, I, I think it's important for Arizona to know who we have representing us here in our state. And and this guy is he's he's just not a good representative. That's my opinion. You may disagree, uh, but uh, I fail to see what he has done in all of his years in Congress. I have I fail to see what he has done to make Arizona better, to make our country better. I, I don't see it. And uh, if, if if what you want as a representative of somebody who throws out bumper sticker slogans on Twitter all the time and is constantly on the attack uh, because you think uh, owning the libs is governing, then you're probably happy with Andy Biggs. Uh, but if you want to try to, to find compromise on immigration, if you want to try to find solutions to problems in this country uh, and of help here in Arizona, uh, tell me what he's done. Because I don't see him helping on water, I don't see him. I don't see him uh, helping on energy. I, I don't see him helping on inflation. Uh, I don't see him helping on the border. I don't see him doing anything. Uh, that's Andy Biggs. And then when you try to ask him questions about what it is he does do or why he does some of the things he does or the votes he does, uh, the votes he casts, he won't answer you. He doesn't. He just he hides. Um, so I don't know what Andy Biggs is afraid of. Maybe he's afraid of criminal prosecution because of his involvement in January 6th. We don't know. Uh, but I hope at some point he's he's called on the carpet and at least at least answer some questions uh, for his own constituents. I think that would be uh, uh, that would certainly be fair. Um, We'll see how that plays out. The other one was Paul Gosar. Uh, both Biggs and Gosar, uh, and I think Debbie Lesko, participated in a meeting uh, at the White House uh, pr- uh, after the election in 2020, uh, where they were allegedly part of a, a meeting, part of a plan of how to keep Trump in office, even though he lost. I mean, I want you to understand this. Trump lost the election. There was no question about that. He got less votes than Biden. And all of the stuff about fit, you know, fraud and other stuff was never proven ever in over 60 court cases. It still hasn't been proven. Um, even people who came out later and with all the allegations, they said uh, when, it, when they were taken to court later because they lied or they libeled people, they said, I'm, I, what I was saying was so ridiculous. How could anybody believe me? There is no basis to a claim of fraud in 2020. Um, and yet here they are, our elected re- Arizona's elected representatives sitting and plotting to overthrow the vote of the people. Um, Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar voted in Congress to throw away the votes of Arizonans. I mean, this is just a fact. Uh, On January 6th, when they voted on Arizona's votes, whether our votes were legitimate and should be counted, Andy Biggs and Paul Gosar voted no. That literally means that your vote wouldn't count. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. How is that okay? How is that not the worst thing that any politician could do, which is to say, I don't like the vote that you cast, so I'm going to throw it away? That's what they did. And he's never, neither one of them has ever answered a question about it. We, we have some amazing, uh, just incredibly fascinating Congress representatives here in Arizona. It's, it's, a, it's truly stunning, but they're in districts where they, they can't seem to, they, they seem to win every time. It's pretty amazing. All right, coming up. Uh, it's holiday season. We got Christmas coming up here in a few days. It's the middle of Hanukkah. Uh, often we're eating more, we're drinking more, and uh, and even folks who don't drink, there's little cocktails, right? There's a little mixology. Maybe you try a cocktail at a, at the family's home. Somebody tries something new. I'm going to tell you about the latest uh, cocktail. It's it's kind of a variation of eggnog. It's made with another household condiment. Uh, not something I didn't sound that good to me. I'm going to ask you about it next. I'm Barry Markson. Stay with us. It's KTAR. <laughs> Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. To the ghetto. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. It's the Broomhead Show. I'm Barry Markson, filling in. And uh, we're going to talk about holiday cocktails here in a second, but I, I just have to tell you this. The Kerry Lake election trial has started. We are monitoring it here on KTAR, and I'll continue to bring you updates throughout the day. But so far, this is my favorite part. Uh, the plaintiff's attorneys, Kerry Lake's attorneys, uh, are having difficulty with their computers and getting their exhibits to show in the courtroom. And they said they, they tested everything yesterday, and it worked perfectly, and then they, and then they got in there today, and it's not working. This is literally in a case about the printers not working on, on Election Day in Maricopa County. <laughs> look, look what's possible. Maybe that's a conspiracy, too. They went in there and ruined their computers. So the trial has begun. Uh, Stephen Risher is actually on the stand, and I'll have an update for you here coming up in the, right after the news with Jeff Munn. Uh, but I did want to just chat with you about this. I mean, this, this election trial is going to be interesting. Um, you know, it's cocktail season, right? It's holiday season. People, we, we drink more now. We eat more now than we do the whole rest of the year. Uh, I know beverage sales, uh, liquor sales are higher now. They, they do a whole big chunk of their business this time of year. We're at holiday parties. We're, uh, we're going out more. Everything is, uh, everything has more food, more drink, uh, than our normal existence. And there are, you know, there's specialty cocktails. You go to somebody's house. They might have a house cocktail they're making special for you that day. I mean, there's all sorts of fun cocktails, including, uh, the, the most famous of the holiday cocktails, right? eggnog right is that people like eggnog right do you guys like eggnog i'm i'm not a big eggnog guy i don't like drinks like i don't like alcoholic drinks with like cream in it or milk and it. it's just it doesn't really i like milk but i don't like it with my alcohol I love eggnog. <laughs> I'm right, a huge proponent, huge Julia. fan of it. Julia Sorgi, the uh, producer of the program here. All right, well, so this is uh, this just fascinates me. So you have eggnog. I know people love eggnog. Okay, I get that. There's a new drink out, and uh, th- it's it's a thing. I'm not kidding about this. This is a real thing. There is a drink out now uh, that includes another household, not eggs, not cream. It's another household uh, yeah, condiment, something you have in your fridge, uh, and they're making it into a, a holiday drink. Finally, someone found a way to combine my my two favorite things, eggnog and mayonnaise. What? The folks at Muddling Memories, a company that creates drinks for events, has teamed up with Hellman's. Oh they created this luscious cup of creamy, dreamy delight. Check out the Muddling Memories Insta page for the full recipe, but it does combine mayo, nutmeg, and rum. That's not for me. Oh, my goodness. So they made a... They made a- <laughs> And I like mayo. I have no problem putting mayo on a sandwich. But they made a mayonnaise-based drink, and it's got rum in it and nutmeg. It's like mayo-nog is what it's called, (laughs) mayo-nog. Does that sound – now, you like eggnog, Julia. Does that sound attractive to you at all? Is there any part of you that says, I want to try a mayo-nog? Heck no. You couldn't pay me to try that. That is that is just not good. It's not good for anybody. I, I'm I'm a little stunned. Now, of course, the Heilmans who makes the mayonnaise, they came up with the thing. They want to create more ways to use their product, right? I mean, if all of a sudden everybody's using mayo in their Christmas drinks, then look out. We're selling more mayo. But I, I'm not feeling that. <laughs> that just sounds really gross. <laughs> I don't have I don't, mayo nog. So you take a, it's got mayo in it and cream, right? And, and a milk and it has uh, rum and nutmeg. So it's like eggnog basically, but you throw some mayonnaise in there too. I guess it would give it a very velvety texture. It'd be a little thicker, right? It'd be creamy. It'd be silky. I I don't know. Some people really don't like mayonnaise. Do you like mayonnaise? Are you, are you okay with mayo? 
Um, it depends on the sandwich. Yeah. for me. All right. Yeah, but mayo. I, I usually stay away from it. It's just when I'm trying to, you know, if you're trying to cut a couple calories, that's an easy way to do it. But I will say it does taste good. That's that's our uh, post Thanksgiving, uh, the next day when you're using the uh, when you're when you're using the leftovers. My family's uh, tradition is we get a really good loaf of bread fresh that day, and uh, and we put a little mayo, a good amount of mayo on the bread, and it's just just some turkey, just some leftover turkey, a little salt, a little pepper, and boom, that's our sandwich, and it's uh, it is delicious. And the mayo makes that sandwich. The mayo is definitely there with the turkey to create that sandwich. No cranberry sauce on that sandwich. No, I keep we get that on the side. We keep all that kind of. It's just I want to taste the turkey, and the, it's just it's good. The bread, it's very simple, very simple. That's our tradition. Uh, but we have all the stuffing and mashed potatoes, turkey. That's all there too, but it's not in the sandwich because um, the cranberry sauce it overwhelms everything. Once you put that on there, that's all you're going to taste. That's all you're going to taste is cranberry sauce. Am I hearing cranberry sauce slander right now? Yes. Yeah. Well, what? Our, you want to hear really bad cranberry sauce? So our, our tradition back when I was a kid, and my mom would make Thanksgiving. Our cranberry sauce was literally the canned cranberry sauce, and the kind that would just come out shaped like the can. And I, I know, I know, you're all shaking your head at me, but I will tell you to this day, and we make everything from scratch in my house. We cook everything. I do most of the cooking. We do all that. We're very into Thanksgiving. We love Thanksgiving. To this day, I always go get two cans of cranberry sauce, and I open that can, and I dump it out. You can see the can ridges built into the sides, and I put it on a little tray, and we slice it and send that thing around every single year. Every year, my mom makes it homemade, and it See, is. That's, that's why I don't understand the hate because no, it is I love, delicious. I love real cranberry sauce. I have no problem with it, but I love it. But when you put it on a sandwich, that's all you're going to taste. You're not tasting the turkey or anything else. It's it overwhelms. I don't know. I think if you get the proportions right, all it's right. going to taste amazing. All right. Well, I'm going to get you tomorrow. I'm going to make you a mayo nog. Uh, we'll we'll make an exception. You can drink here in the studio. It'll be something we do. The mayo nog has. I mean, I'm just not attracted to this at all. This, I can't. I'm not able to really see where this is going, uh, other than Heilman's trying to sell some additional mayonnaise, or Hellman's, how do you pronounce that? I don't even know what that is, but it's uh, good mayo, I guess. All right, hey, coming up, uh, at 10 o'clock, right after the news, Jeff Munn's here. He's going to give us an update. And then uh, Christine Jones is going to join me. Uh, and Christine Jones, you know her. She's a Republican conservative. She's run for governor in Arizona. Uh, she's run for Congress. Uh, and she was involved in one of the closest uh, primary elections ever, a very, very, very close election uh, when she ran against Andy Biggs before he was in Congress. And it resulted in an election lawsuit very similar to what we're seeing in the Abe Hamaday suit, um, where they were so close. It was a question of, did we count all the ballots that should be counted, and we have to start looking at these other ballots. And I, I asked Christine Jones to join us because she brings uh, an incredible insight and perspective into what we're seeing now in the Abe Hamaday suit. Um, and this is, you have to keep in mind, the Abe Hamaday suit and the Kerry Lake suit are two completely different things. Uh, Abe Hamaday's lawsuit starts with literally the first line in the lawsuit says, we are not alleging uh, or we're not, we're not suggesting uh, fraud, um, manipulation, or intentional wrongdoing. That's the first line in his lawsuit. So his suit is all about were the provisional ballots that should have been counted, were they all counted, were the signature verifications right? It's, it's specific ballot-by-ballot ballot things because he only lost by 511 votes. The Kerry Lake suit, on the other hand, is the counts that remain. Eight, eight out of the ten counts were dismissed. Eighty percent of the lawsuit is gone. It's been dismissed. The two remaining counts uh, are literally that the county intentionally uh, did things, uh, illegal things, to to make Kerry Lake lose. Not anybody else, not any other Republicans who won, just Kerry Lake. And uh, it's, it's, in essence, a conspiracy theory brought to a courtroom, and that it's a completely different animal. But we're going to have Christine Jones join us here uh, right after the news at 10, and we're going to talk about the Abe Hamaday suit. We'll talk about the comparison 
and the similarities to the lawsuit she brought uh, in her primary race. Uh, so we understand what we're t- what we're going to expect here the next couple of days and before Abe Hamaday's trial on Friday or his uh, excuse me, it's an evidentiary hearing on Friday. Stay with us. I'm Barry Markson. It's KTAR.